1: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast with Jason, Steven, and Tyler. Last time we talked about quarterbacks. Today, let's find them someone to throw to. Now, wide receiver, it's not really a position of need for the Chargers, yet it, it kind of is. And it's something they need to invest in, in other free agency of the draft. Because on one hand, they have 2,000 yard wide receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But on the other, there's little to no production out of the wide receiver three position. Uh, I think it was Jason that first brought it up to me that the Chargers had gone weeks and weeks and weeks where a receiver not named Keenan or Mike did not catch a pass. It was terrible. From um, from
2: week five against the, the Steelers, or week six, sorry, against the Steelers, mm-hmm. onwards to I th- believe it was week 15 or 16, Ugh. there was no wide right receiver other than Keenan and Mike that had caught a football. And then even then, Andre Patton caught one football. And mm-hmm. then that was it. So from weeks, week six onwards, Andre Patton caught one football, and that was the only wide receiver three to catch a football.
1: Right, and, and fans will say that they were missing Tyrell Williams, and they're right. They were missing Tyrell Williams, but I, wasn't, I didn't have a problem with them letting him go. And anyone who's worried about, you know, oh, they should have kept him. I mean, they're, the Raiders are paying him ten to eleven million million this year and last year. Last year he had 42 catches, 651 yards. That's one less yard than Hunter Henry. So I don't really think... They planned to retain him. Obviously, they had Mike Williams, and Mike Williams had a great year. Um, the problem wasn't letting him walk. It was just not finding a way to get production out of other guys. Uh, we thought it was going to be Dontrell Imman for a little bit, and he had a, he had a great game against Miami. Uh, they ended up on IR. Um, they had some preseason guys that really stood out, Andre Patton, Artavis Scott, uh, thought they were going to be the next guy maybe, uh, especially when Benjamin went to IR. Um, but nothing really came out of that. Uh, instead, after Allen and Williams, the next receiver with the most receiving yards, Uh, What was Patton? And he only had 56. Virgil Green had more receiving yards. And when your when your backup blocking tight end has more receiving yards than your wide receiver three, it's kind of a problem. And I get it. Like they had they had they had a lot of options to feed. You know, wide receiver three feels like kind of like a wide receiver six when you have Allen and Williams, then Henry, then Gordon, then Eckler. So I get it. But Rivers really could have used another guy. You know, you watch him throw and get picked against like Oakland and Kansas City. Um and throwing to someone like Patton isn't quite the same as having like a Tyrell Williams down there. Um so heading in this year, they've got a few things to think about. One, do they retain Travis Benjamin? I don't mm. think they do. I think of all the guys with one year he's got like a funky like extra extension option, whatever. Don't I think do he's it. gone. No, yeah, no, I think I think he's gone. I think of all the guys with that, that kind of like one year left on their deal of their two year deal, I think he's the most likely to go. Um, the next question is: Do they get a guy or just hope their young rotation develops? Ugh. It's possible. We'll go over that rotation a little bit, um, but I, I I still think they got to get somebody. And then they also got to consider whether they think they should get a receiver to return punts or kicks, um, because Desmond King regressed quite a bit last year, and it was more mental than anything. So it's a little troubling. So they got they got a lot to consider in the wide receiver position, not as much the starters, but definitely some depth. Uh, Telesco has a history of signing some of these mid profile guys, Eddie Royal, Stevie Johnson, Travis Benjamin. He drafted a couple of receivers. He got Allen in 2013, Tevin Reese in 2014 and Mike Williams, uh, 2017. So I think all options are on the table. Uh, but today we're just going to go over players in the draft. Uh, no one really expects them to take a receiver really early, uh, but Jason and Steven will still go through each round of the draft and pick players they like, uh, that are projected to go in each round. But before we get into that, could you guys just give me your quick thoughts First off, on the, on the state of the Chargers receiving core, as it stands right now, your overall impressions of this upcoming draft class, and then what are the Chargers looking for in their next wide receiver three, if they're looking to add one? So, Stephen, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, so um, I think even just the, a healthy Travis Benjamin would have helped. I mean, just you know, p- teams respect his speed, and they respect what he can do vertically. Obviously, he's not a great receiver by any means, but I think even having him out there last year would have helped. So we've seen in the past that a guy that is really speedy, really fast can stretch the field. That's who the chargers want. And, you know, I think if you have a guy that is, is more of a burner, you can let Mike Williams do more things over the middle and more in the intermediate uh, intermediate parts of the field instead of just sending him deep and letting him go jump after the balls, which is great. He's great at that. But I think if you get a burner, then you can let Mike Williams develop more on a regular basis besides just being able to go be that go get the ball at the high point of the uh, of the catch receiver like he's been this year. Um, so I think they probably either need to draft one and sign a receiver or draft two receivers. I think they need to bring in two new guys. Like you said, I think they, they cut Benjamin. So I expect them to bring in at
2: least two new receivers. So what's interesting to me is the first three games of the season were probably the best three-game stretch of Keenan Allen's career. Maybe not counting the 2017 season, or was it 2018, where he went off for that record-breaking three-week stretch? Um, I can't remember which statistically was better. But um, that those first three games, Travis Benjamin was was healthy. Um, and again, I'm not a, a Travis Benjamin fan at all. I know uh, most people know that. And a lot of fans that were defending Travis Benjamin this offseason saying, we need the speed. I get it, I do, but that was just, that was asking for trouble, relying on Travis Benjamin to be your wide receiver three. So speed is definitely the key here. You need to open things up with, uh, over the top of the defense. You kind of left Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out to dry by not having that speedster. Even Jalen Guyton, when he started getting reps and taking the top off the defense, things started to, to open up a little bit more for Keenan Allen underneath. And so, they just really need that speed. And uh, the counterpoint a lot from um, a lot of analysts is the Chargers just have a lot of mouths to feed. And they need to spread the ball out. That's why their wide receiver threes don't get a lot of catch. Look, that's not the problem. We're not saying that's a problem. The problem is, is that they just didn't have the speed. They don't need a good wide receiver three, per se. They need to go get a speedy wide receiver, period. It's not about wide receiver three. It's not about wide receiver four. It's not about adding another receiving option for this team. It's about they need speed on this offense. And so we'll get into it later about which receivers might fit that and what they want. But um, overall, they have 10 receivers on the roster right now. You have Keenan and Mike, who are the only two that are really set in stone. The other eight could all be gone for all we know. So only two out of these 10 receivers that the Chargers currently have on the roster are even guaranteed to be on the roster next year because a lot of them are either off of their deals, their cut candidates, or they're practice squad players. So going down the list, you have Jalen Guyton, Jason Moore, Andre Patton, Tyron Johnson, Travis Benjamin, Dylan Cantrell, Jeremy Davis, and Anthony Johnson. Now, you have some unknown names here that, honestly, I would like to see them try out before they even go towards guys like Jalen Guyton and Andre Patton again. You had uh, Jason Moore, who was the only receiver to really do anything outside of, um, outside of Travis Benjamin over those first three weeks um, as a wide receiver three to produce. And he had two catches um, against the Steelers that almost set up this amazing comeback and they kind of relied on him down the stretch of that uh, of that game to to take over because Keenan Allen was getting double covered, and uh, they were starting to key in on Hunter Henry, who the Chargers relied on early. So Jason Moore could be a guy that they look forward to to seeing progress and develop. He's he's already going to be I think 25 years old next season though. He was an older rookie, so you have him. He's a possibility. Uh, you have Jalen Guyton who down the stretch was kind of their deep threat, the guy they relied on to add that speed. He was a faster guy, um, but he, he showed he just didn't have the hands and didn't have the route running to separate. He relied all on speed. Then you had Andre Patton, who was praised for his blocking repeatedly all season long, which, to his credit, he was a great blocker. You had Andre Patton as probably the best blocker outside of Keenan Allen in that receiving core. Keenan Allen really underrated blocker in the league. And then you have guys like uh, Travis, who's probably going to be a cut candidate this offseason, as we just uh, mentioned from Steven and Tyler. Um, then you have Dylan Cantrell, who is kind of this, this enigma. He can't seem to get on the field. He can't seem to, to get much going. He's praised every single training camp, but he, he can't consistently stay on the field. He can't even get on the field in the first place. He can't even show anything on TV in the preseason. He just can't get himself a chance because he can't stay healthy. Then you have Jeremy Davis, their special teams receiver. Uh, he has some good clutch catches every once in a while. He's a good possession guy. He'll go up and get that 50-50 ball. Um, we all saw the connection he had with Geno Smith uh, two preseasons ago on that uh, amazing touchdown catch. I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what I'm talking about there. There's a phenomenal catch. Uh, and then you have Anthony Johnson out of uh, out of Buffalo. He was a uh, Tyree Jackson's go-to 50, 50 guy, uh, decent route runner at the top of the route. He was a, he was a lot more powerful than his size indicated at six, two and um, Anthony Johnson. They might have something there in the future. I like him a lot. Um, I, I don't think he's a wide receiver three. I think he's more of a four or five kind of guy, which just shows how much this, this receiving core as a whole is hurting in terms of depth because I think Anthony Johnson and Jason Moore have the potential to be the best wide receiver threes on this list. But even then I would put them as maybe wide receiver fives or fours that can come in in a spell uh, occasionally and make a, and make a grab, not somebody that should be on the field consistently in that slot role. And then lastly, you have Tyron Johnson out of Oklahoma state, who even in college did not produce very well at all. He's more of a, he's when you consider who is a raw project in this league, he's basically the definition of a raw project. There is nothing on him. He has like a total of 300 yards in his entire college career, maybe 400 yards. Um, and he hasn't he's bounced all over the league. He's been on the Texans he's been on the bills as practice squad player. So there's nobody really outside of Keenan and Mike that I even really expect to see next year if they go get a free agent receiver on the cheap or go draft a receiver and then find a new UDFA they like, maybe. Uh, this list is is not good. The one with the most potential here, I think, is Anthony Johnson. Cantrell, maybe, if he can stay healthy. But it's, it's just not a good list. They need to address this moving forward. Yeah, there really needs to be an infusion of talent at this
3: position. And um, while a lot of fans are going to say like they want a splashy guy to bring in, like, really, the only two splashy guys in the receiver free agency class this year are Amari Cooper and Robbie Anderson. Money. and Yeah, Robbie Anderson will be a great fit because he's that deep ball guy. But money is, is the question here. And Amari Cooper, like, that's not happening, 100% not happening. So, Robbie Anderson, I mean, if you're signing, if that's the only free agency signing you do, then you can make it work. But then you have to pay Anderson, Keenan, and Mike. And then you probably have to choose two down the line. So... You know, that's a pickle that I don't want the team to be in.
2: If you have a rookie quarterback, you might be able to squeeze that in. But if you expect to go get a free agent quarterback, it's not happening.
3: Yeah, so really, if you're signing a free agent, it's probably going to be like a specialty guy. Like I could see them signing a guy like Ted Ginn just on the cheap and bringing him in for a couple million and and be what Travis Benjamin was supposed to be. And just that burner down the field and, and stretch the field. Um, the good news is that this wide receiver class in the draft is absolutely loaded. Like if you want a burner, there's tons of burners. If you want a guy that can return kicks and punts, there's lots of those. If you want a guy who is, is a specialty route runner, there's lots of those. This receiver class is absolutely loaded. And I can't remember the last time that there were this many receivers that like, we're going to go through round by round, all of these guys. And I would be pumped of, if we got any single one of them. Like, this receiver class cannot understate this enough. It is loaded.
2: This receiver class offers a lot of speed in general. You have a lot of guys who could be gadget players at the next level. You have a lot of RAC guys, such as uh, guys we're going to talk about later, uh, Iyuk and Rieger. Um, These guys can burn. They can burn defenses. They can catch it and go. Um, There's going to be a lot of potential here to go take a guy in the mid-rounds that can really open this offense up. You can you can give Mike Williams more 50-50 opportunities if you get one of these guys. You could get Keenan Allen underneath more open. And uh, I think one of the top things to recognize with this draft class is that there's not so many not so many guys that separate with power or just natural talent. There's a lot of technique here and there's a lot of separation in terms of yardage, not just frame and not just um leverage. So you're gonna see a lot of receivers that are technicians that uh rely on their speed and quickness and burst to get open. And that's that's my type of receiver. I like these kind of receivers that are more Keenan Allen esque rather than um Julio Jones light esque. All right, so let's get right
1: into it. We'll do one receiver per round. There are obviously more receivers than the we'll list, but if we took the time to go over every single really, really good receiver of this class, it'd be longer than our quarterback podcast. Which is already almost two hours as it is. So, Stephen, who is your first round guy?
3: Yeah. So this is not, this is not necessarily who the Chargers who I would think the Chargers would take at round six. This is more of a receiver in round one that I really like. Um, and this is going to be the easy route. This is the the obvious choice, which is Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Um, he's six feet one inches tall and he's 190 pounds. So there's a little bit of concern with his frame. You know, I probably would like to see him add on at least five maybe 10 pounds to, to kind of bulk up to handle the 16 game schedule. Um, but he, for me, he has all the tools to be a number one receiver in this league. Um, he's a quick and t- twitchy athlete, which helps him release off the line of scrimmage, create separation in his route tree. And I think he's the most polished route runner in this class. Um, he has great hands. He doesn't really use his body to make catches a lot, which is a good sign with drops and being able to handle the physicality of, of the corners at the next level. And, you know, the other day he mentioned that he studies Keenan Allen and I think he has a little bit of that in him. Like uh, Jason was describing, he's a, he's a route runner specialist and he's separate. He can create separation, but he's also really athletic. Like he has good speed and he can, he has a good second gear to, to get past people once he, once he makes the catch, which is um, a kind of underrated aspect of his game. You know, he's, he really is a good athlete. So he's my, my number, my round one guy.
2: I really like Judy. And um, Judy offers a lot as a quick receiver, and that's the best way to describe Jerry Judy as a quick receiver, somebody who has the insane amount of bursts that you really want out of the slot role. And um, he's my wide receiver one, and I do have some concerns with him in general. Um, He he was in the slot a lot. Alabama utilized him in the slot a ton, and so he didn't have a lot of opportunity to, to really face press coverage. But when he did, he excelled. Um, What I am curious to see is when he goes up against a corner that is in your face, a good jamming corner, um, somebody who really presses him and challenges him physically, will he be able to overcome that with strength? And I think that can be a very legitimate question with Judy is usually the corner doesn't even touch Judy off of his release. He is so quick that the corner is just left in the dust behind him he'll do a step back sometimes to get around him to to avoid that contact so I'm really curious at the next level if Judy can overcome contact from the corner how his release is compared to when he does a quick release because you do have that quick release type where they just their goal is to avoid contact at all costs and I want to see if Judy can really challenge a corner physically um But when it comes to ball skills, athleticism, route running, yards after the catch, blocking, Judy is amazing. And he just offers some of the best route running you'll see in years. In years. Uh, His route running is so good. I mean, next year, I think a better route runner is coming out in Jamar Chase. But in terms of in the past, uh, Jerry Judy is the best route runner to come out of college in a while. And uh, I do think he struggles a bit with the contested catch. He has some drop issues. Um, I think he can overcome them. I think they're more focus issues because he's looking to make that play after the catch. But yeah, I like Judy a lot. So my pick wide receiver one um, in the first round is going to be CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb just offers this uh, very similar run after the catch ability to Jared Judy, where he can, there was this one play, I think it was against Texas, where there were five defenders around him, like in a circle, and he won. He got the touchdown. He was 15 yards away from the end zone and he had three guys in front of him and a guy to his right, a guy to his left. And he made every single one of them miss. And I, I get it. College is different than the NFL, but that's, that's ridiculous. He chained three different moves together, like a Euro step and like, like a a tackle shed. It was just beautiful. And Stevie lamb offers that in abundance. I think he's a really good route runner. He's not really a, a, a speedster, he he won't take the top off the defense with just talent and speed. It's gonna be from the nuances in his deep route running, the the stems, the uh the the stutter steps. That's how he gets open on those deep crossers and posts. It's not so much just with his speed. And so it might not be exactly the type of player the Chargers are looking for because the Chargers really are looking for a burner, not, not a technician at this point. But CD Lamb, I I wouldn't I would be lying if I said I wasn't intrigued to to trade down to maybe 10 and take CD Lamb. I I'm intrigued. I am because CD Lamb I think could have could be the best receiver in this class. I think he might develop to be the best receiver in this class. There's definitely the potential to to do so. Um but I just I as a Chargers need a quarterback they need line I don't think receiver this early would work but CeeDee Lamb is the receiver I like in the first round
1: you could take a number of receivers in the first round it sounds like and looks like there's going to be at least half a dozen taken in the first round what about the guy that I think the Chargers hoped Travis Benjamin
3: would be and that's Henry Ruggs what do you think about him I really like Ruggs a lot I think he'll probably end up being the fastest guy in the class um, there are reports out there that he can run a four two five or lower, which is just, he's insane. He's insanely fast. And if you want to like the league right now is obsessed with finding the Tyreek Hill type and rugs is that he's a Tyreek Hill type that can really just take the top off the field, make plays in space. Um, he is a good route runner. I think he'll develop into a better route runner as he gets going. You know, Tyreek Hills, unfortunately is developing that as well. Um, but rugs is really good. I could see him being the second receiver taken. I think Judy probably is the first receiver taken, but I could see Ruggs kind of pushing Lamb and pushing LaVisca Chennault
2: and, and end up being that second receiver taken this year. Yeah, Ruggs definitely offers a lot as a speedster. Uh, I do have my questions about him. Analytics guy hate Rugs for some reason. They they don't like Rugs. They think his lack of production is telling. I think there's just so many receivers at Alabama that you couldn't just rely on Ruggs. I mean, Ruggs, you could throw him a hitch and he could have... A, a line a picket fence of uh, of DB's in front of him and he'll beat them around the edge somehow it's it's ridiculous how fast and explosive he is and it's like you're watching tape and you see him sprinting and you're just like oh my god Ruggs is fast and then all of a sudden he turns it up in, in the middle of the play he's already going fast you're already impressed and then he like turns around sees that the guy is catching up or sees that he needs a little bit of a little bit more juice and he does like this, like a, like he presses the sprint button in a video game. And there's like this animation trigger where it's like smooth and he just coasts. He's gone. And you swear you see grass kicking up behind him. It's insane speed. And, uh, I don't remember who said this on Twitter, but somebody said that they would even, they wouldn't even be surprised if rugs posted a four one nine. And that's a ridiculous thought to me. And, the reason I would want, I'd be okay if the Chargers took their quarterback at six and said, you know what? Let's trade up into the mid first round and get rugs because I don't want to see a team like Kansas city do it or Oakland get rugs. I would be torn if Oakland got Henry rugs because we're already dealing with Tyreek Hill. I don't want to deal with Henry rugs. I just don't want to do it. I I'm, I'm done with the speed, get it away from me. Uh, I would rather have it with us and we would Rugs would be fine. Get rugs. That's just keep them away from the Raiders. Yeah. yeah, I think the Raiders probably end up taking a receiver
3: in this first round. Hopefully, I mean they'll probably take Judy. I think they're high enough to take Judy, but Rugs would be really not fun to watch because <laughs> then you have Rugs and then you have Tyree Kill. So that would, that would be annoying. um The good news is the second round is kind of where it gets interesting for the Chargers. I think the Chargers could, in theory, take a. Uh, receiver here in the second round because then you can get a guy like Isaiah Wilson, right tackle out of Georgia in the third, and then you're, you're still addressing the offensive line. Um, so my guy in the second round is Brandon Ayuk out of uh, out of Arizona State. Um, he's six one, he's two hundred and five pounds, and when you when you're talking about Ayuk, it's big plays. You know Arizona State did a, a really good job of getting the ball to him in space. You know in screens and short slants and in. in and hitches and, you know, they're really like, they wanted to get him the ball, but he's also really good vertically. He's got great speed and he is a former running back. So there is a surprising amount of physicality for a player, his size. He's you know, he, he's not afraid to run people over either. The draft network lists his player compass Cordero, Cordero Patterson, and he does return kicks, but Patterson kind of seems like the worst case scenario for me when talking about Brandon Ayuk because he is, he is so explosive after the catch. Um, his route tree does need a little bit of improvement, but like I said, he's only been, you know, he was a junior college guy and then he played behind, um, Nikhil Harry. So really he only has one year where he was the guy. So I think he could d- easily develop into a number one in this league. He certainly has the tools and he definitely has the speed.
2: Yeah. I've even seen reports that, uh, most NFL GMs view Iuke's floor as Nikhil Harry's ceiling. And, uh, which is interesting to me because Nikhil Harry was a first round pick. And, um, the word is, is that most teams view Ayuk, a majority of teams view Ayuk as better than Nikhil Harry in general. And so, um, if, if, if Ayuk is higher on boards than Harry, you have to wonder it, could he be a first round sleeper? And if he is in the second round, um, at that sixth spot, it would definitely be intriguing for the chargers to take him. A little rich for my taste. I think his route running does need a little more work and he doesn't have the top end speed that I would really like out of a drafted receiver for the chargers. They just, there's other guys here that are a lot faster. I do love Ayuk though. He was an early, he was an early guy for me where I just, I, I watched his film and that was, that was my guy, quote unquote, liked him a lot. Very good after the catch. Very powerful. He's almost built like a running back, isn't he? Like yeah, when you he's look got, at his body structure. He's got really thick legs and he you know, he
3: really has a surprising amount of physicality, like I said. Um and I think there was a debate of him coming to ASU to play running back, but it, you know, thankfully I think he, he stuck a receiver
2: and and I, I would be really glad if they if the the Chargers took him. Yeah, definitely some potential there. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it at all. Um so moving on to my second round guy is gonna be Jalen Rigor. And um, he's listed at 5'11", 195 pounds. Now, Rigor, he's he's listed as the wide receiver five for me so far. Obviously, the process isn't over yet. But Rigor has some speed. And this is where it kind of is taken, where, again, we talked about this last week. The grades can be taken out of context. Grades can be deceitful because his speed is listed as an A and this dude is fast. I don't know how else to put it. He can he can burn people, um, not just down the field, but underneath when he's tricking defenders on their angles and messes with their pursuit. Insanely fast guy. Yards after the catch is an A+. Athleticism is an A+. Now, the, the problem where you get to with Rigor is his uh, ball skills in general. Um, I like how he tracks the football, but I think he could fight for the football a lot better than he does. Um, he definitely needs some work there. Now, with route running, it's it's a little raw. It, it, it could improve. I like his route running a lot. There's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, he just had a bad, a bad quarterback that just couldn't get him the ball, unfortunately, because there were plays where he was wide open and it would miss the throw. He probably could have easily been like a 1,500-yard receiver if his quarterback was a little better. So Rigor has a lot of potential there. He has a good release. Um, especially with his quick release where it's where he's going to have problems is again my concerns with judy where you get that corner that is in his face pressing him can he overcome it i don't know if rigor can he he showed some spurts where he could get off of those kind of press techniques but a majority of the time he relied a lot on getting around the corner then going through the corner which is which is pretty normal for a guy of his size at five eleven. And so it's going to be interesting with Rigor. Uh, a lot of people are really high on him. A lot of people think that he is that he should be taken in the top fifteen. There are people who think that he is better than Rugs. I I can see it. I could see where he might be better than Rugs. I think Rugs is a bit better as a overall receiver, whereas Rigor is probably the better um, the better RAC guy. I, it, it's tough, but. Um, I definitely like Rigor in, as a potential Chargers receiver in the second round. They need him. They need a receiver like Rigor bad. And uh, it would just it, it fit very well to get Mike and Keenan opened underneath.
3: Yeah, I think Ayuk and Rigor would fit, and they're definitely, you know, they add that extra element of the return game as well. Uh, so moving on to the third round, my third round guy is going to be K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. Um, I think the third round is kind of his ceiling. Um, I think there is potential for him to fall a little bit, um, you know, into day three, but he's six feet tall. He's 195 pounds and he, so he's definitely not the most physically imposing receiver and he's definitely not the fastest receiver. So fit for the chargers. Um, I'm not too sure about it, but I do like him because he reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen. Frankly, he's, he makes his living as a silky route runner. And if you watched any of the the clips from him at the senior bowl, he was just making guys miss. He really sells his breaks and he's so smart and savvy when it comes to um, manipulating the defense and manipulating the corners. Um, That being said, like I said, he's not the greatest athlete. Um, He reminds me a bit of Adam Thielen too, where it's just, he's just a smart route runner. He knows how to release off press. He knows how to release off of zone. um, And really he just knows how to work the defense. So, Um, third round might be a bit high for him, but I could see it based off of the hype off coming off the senior Bowl where he sneaks into that third round.
2: Yeah. I I like KJ Hill as a, as a technician, but his athleticism really hurts. You'd expect somebody, um, as regarded as he is to be like a a speedster almost. That's kind of like how we get from Ohio State, um, somebody his size, but he's really not a speedster at all. He's, um, even in short area quickness, he kind of lacks that athleticism. And moving on to my round three guy is going to be Denzel Mims out of Baylor, listed at 6'3", 206 pounds. And uh, you'd think somebody at his size would not be fast um, per se, but this dude can fly. And um, it's not just in the long speed either. It's not just long strides. He has this short area quickness and burst that really shows up and surprises you on tape. Uh, whether he's catching a slant and turning upfield it's like he even surprises the db the db kind of sees that second gear and freaks out a little bit and that's kind of the best way to describe Denzel Mims is is a freak of nature he's he's got the size the speed the quickness and his catch radius is insane i swear it looked like a ball was overthrown by a good 10 yards at times and you just see one hand come up and reach into the sky like and pluck it out of out of the air like it was nothing i'm almost losing words over it so i'm at loss of words describing how his catch radius is it's it's just insane it's it's insanity if you think that mike williams has a good catch radius you you'd lose your mind the second you see denzel mems jump up and grab a football in a contested area unreal and um Usually when you get a guy that's this physically dominant, he's not the best route runner. And I don't think that's the case with Denzel Mims. He actually has good route running. It's not elite. It's not great. It's not like he's a technician. But he does have good, solid route running. I listed as a B. And when you ask him to run these digs, these slants, these crossers, these posts, he, he does have nuance there um, in spurts. He does have these particular routes that he's better at. And if you utilize it correctly at the next level, you can get him going as a route runner. I think there's something to develop there. I would be ecstatic if the Chargers took him in the third round. I feel I feel like Mims is the perfect fit. They lost Tyrell, who was also a big-bodied fast receiver. I think Mims fits this perfectly. He would be perfect for a rookie receiver like uh, Jordan Love. And uh, we Jeez. saw a little bit of that at the Senior Bowl. Um, obviously, the Mims didn't track the ball well, but... I really like the potential of bringing MIMS in, and one of the most underrated aspects of Mim is actually his blocking. This dude can maul people, and uh, the effort there and the technique there is beautiful. He will lay people out, and then he'll move to the next guy, and then it'll, uh, so on and so forth. He It's almost like he loves to block and takes pride in it, and the reason I think this is a good fit is because the Chargers love receivers that can block. Uh, Mike Williams blocks decent well decent Uh, Keenan Allen is probably one of the better blockers at the wide receiver position in the league and then Andre Patton stayed on the field when he probably shouldn't have because he was a good blocker and so I feel like Denzel Mims is a great fit for the Chargers great frame great speed great blocking great good route running uh give me Mims in round three
1: all right so where would you guys have a guy like local product Michael Pittman out of USC a guy who's I, Jason, you're probably, you're probably more down on him because you like a more twitchy Keenan Allen guy and he's more of like a Mike Williams guy. So where would you guys take him? Was he a round two guy, round three guy or not at all?
2: Uh, what do you guys think? Um, Pittman for me is tough. I, you're, you hit the nail on the head, Tyler. I really don't like Pittman. And uh, it's not because I don't think he's a talented receiver. I, I think he can be a good receiver. I know a lot of analysts think he's probably one of the better pros in the future, I th- People think he'll have a better pro career than college career. I don't see it, and I maybe it is because I like those those twitchier guys. I mean, Denzel Mims isn't exactly a twitchy guy, but I, I really like him. Um, I think with Pittman, it's just even with the power, he struggles to separate in general, and um, separation is key. That's the number one thing I'm looking for in these receivers. Can they separate? If they can separate, fine. Um, he relies way too much on – don't I wouldn't call it a one trick pony because he does have a lot of tricks up his sleeve in terms of route running. Um but most of them rely on his power and uh, he's not overly fast. Um uh, I I wouldn't mind him in the later rounds, maybe round five or six. I just don't think it's gonna you know he reminds me of a little bit of is uh Dylan Kentrell. Just because he's a more physically physical guy or, or how come? Yeah, because he can he can make those freak freak catches, but he's not going to separate well with his route running or his uh quickness in general, but if you need him to overpower at the point of the catch, then it can happen. And I just I don't want another one. We already have Mike Williams um who does struggle to separate at times, but he can make those catches at the point of the uh, of the catch in in contested situations. I don't think the Chargers need another one of those. I think the Chargers need somebody who can separate.
3: Yeah, I, I do like Pittman. I think he um, is an underrated route runner. And according to him, he is faster than people think he is. So him running in the combine is going to be really interesting. Of course, you know, most receivers are going to say that they are faster than they actually look. Um, but I I don't see it being a fit either for the Chargers. I could see him being taken in the fourth round just because of his reputation. and And, you know, he would be a good fit for a team like Detroit. You know, Detroit really likes those kind of jump ball guys. And so I think fourth round, fifth round is probably the area we'll see Michael Pittman go. Um, so moving on to the fourth round, my fourth round guy is going to be Juwan Jennings out of Tennessee. Um, there is a bit of risk here. He was suspended his junior year, so I could. he's another guy that I could see falling. But he has all the physical tools to be a wide receiver one to me. Again, I don't know if he would be a fit for the Chargers just because he he's not necessarily a jump ball guy like Mike Williams or Michael Pittman, but he is someone that can go and do that. Um, I tweeted about him from the podcast account and everybody kept on tweeting back at me. He's so big. He looks so big and he is a bigger guy. Um, watching his film, he kind of reminds me of Mike Evans coming out of college, just using his physical tools to get past people. And he's not the fastest guy, but he, he does have a good second gear to get past people. Once he catches the ball. Um, he's another one that like Mims that has a really good catch radius. um, so yeah, Juan Jennings, I, I could see going in the fourth round. I could also see him dropping, like I said, due to his suspension and and just kind of lack of being a good route runner. Um, but I would be willing to take a shot on him in the fourth round.
2: All right, so moving on to my fourth round is going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan. And he's listed at 6'2", And Donovan Peoples-Jones, it might be a little rich for my taste taking him in the fourth round, but I think he has a lot of potential there. And... um He's one of those guys, those long strides guys, kind of like uh, Tyro Williams and Denzel Mims, where they get faster over time. Um, he doesn't have quite the burst as Mims does, but he does still have some. Um, he has decent hands. Uh, at times, he'll let the easy ones get away from him, but then he'll he'll just have this amazing catch where it's a highlight reel away from his body, uh, going up and getting one in contested uh, in a contested catch. Um, and he does have some run after the catch ability as well. He can he can make people miss. I think he had pro- I, probably one of the higher amounts of broken tackles from a receiver in in college. Just a really good run after the catch guy, he, and uh, he does fit the Chargers to an extent. Um, that speed is needed after the once he gets going. He does have that long speed that could work, but. Um, not exactly what they're looking for, I don't think. Uh, very smart receiver as well. Um, when you're looking at somebody who can find the zones and sit down in the in the gaps, this is probably one of the the best ones at doing it. He's very smart, and uh, if if he's seeing the the cover two, he'll he'll run the fade and sit in right in between the corner and the safety. Just the kind of the thing you want from a receiver like like Jones that maybe takes a little longer or people's Jones sorry that takes a little longer to to speed up, and um, it, it it could it could be a it could be a good fit for him at the Chargers, but maybe not what they're looking for. I do think he needed more production. He didn't have a good quarterback at all. Shea Patterson is not good, not good at yeah, all. And some gonna, have even said, "Go ahead." Yeah, I was going to say his quarterback didn't do him any favors because. Uh-huh. He really is shifty. He's a shifty guy, but you, know, you can only throw him so many screens a game. Right, and Shea Patterson is just uh, – he was not in our top tens. That's all you need to know. And um, I, I do think that that Pittman – or sorry, not Pittman, Peoples-Jones could be good at the next level. I think he'll have a lot better pro career than he will a college career. And some even say that he is a borderline first-round talent that was held back by a bad quarterback. I don't know if I buy that. But I can see what people are talking about. There's definitely something there that you can get out of Donovan Peoples-Jones. And uh, if it works out, he could be a fantastic receiver for a team.
3: Yeah, and he's another one who returns kicks too. He's a really good returner because he's so shifty and he's so quick. I think he's really quick in space. Um, So moving to the fifth round, my fifth round guy is going to be Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State. I love Isaiah Hodgins. You know, We talked about his quarterback on the last episode. And both of us, both me and Jason popped on the Oregon State film looking for Isaiah Hodgins and ended up really liking the quarterback. But, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, I think, has wide receiver one upside. He's 6'4", 210 pounds, and he is a great route runner. And he made people, if you watch Oregon State film, he makes people miss a lot. He is so good with his quick footwork, and he makes cuts really hard. He does a great job of selling them. And he puts guys in a blender, like, I'm not kidding. I saw one game where it was like three or four times in a row where he just made guys miss. Um, he's really good in the red zone. He's really smart with how to use his height and how to use his physicality to create separation in the red zone, which is really important. And that would give the Chargers another red zone option with Mike Williams, Keenan, and Hunter Henry, and, and even Austin Eckler. So I think he would be a really good fit. Um, he is fast. He kind of looks a little slow on the film, but um, I think he'd probably run a four-five and a maybe – high end of a four, four, he is faster than he looks. So I think Isaiah Hodgins would be a really good fit. And like I said, of the later round guys, of people who are borderline day two, probably day three
2: guys, I think he has
3: the most upside.
2: Before we move on to our fifth round guys. um, I do want to mention KJ Hamler, who could be that third or fourth round guy, maybe that fifth round guy that the chargers could bring in. And, um, just before I get to my fifth round guy, I did want to mention him because he is a speedster that the chargers could really use. Now, KJ Hamler is somebody who is probably going to be best used in the medium routes, deep routes. Uh, I don't think he's the best short route runner. He does have a good release, which could help his short route running in the long term, Um, cause he does have a very quick release. He's not going to be the best against contact. He's not going to be good in contested situations. It's not going to happen. It's just not his style. But if you do want somebody that can go and get the deep posts and work in space, K.J. Hamler is going to be that person. Um, I think one of the the better traits that K.J. Hamler has is something that's actually really similar to Keenan Allen, where if if the ball sails a little bit, Hamler, despite his size, I believe he's listed at 5'9". He's a really small guy. Um, he'll go get it, which is really interesting to me. He has a larger catch radius than you would think. So KJ Hamler, a possible guy there in the third, fourth, or fifth round. It's kind of a mystery on where he's going to be taken. Some even have him as a day two guy. I don't. I, that's way too rich for my taste. Um, I would. I think the fourth round would be perfect for him. But now moving on to the fifth round is going to be Courtney Davis for me. And um, Courtney Davis is just somebody who, if he was not on that Texas A and M team, he might have. He might have done something a lot more than he did. Um, Steven was is uh, pretty high on Kellen Mond, but for me, Courtney Davis bailed him out of so many situations and we're going to see Kellen Mond progress into next year and develop. But last year, Courtney Davis was just, um, bailing him out of so many situations. Now, Courtney Davis is going to be somebody who gives you lightning quick feet. And, uh, he does struggle to separate, which is interesting to me because of those feet and because of his physical traits. Uh, he does a really good job of, uh, of adding a lot of movements to his routes that should get him separation. But I think he just needs a little more technical refinement along with his feet. I think he doesn't do enough with his eyes and his hips. And um, they're they're really stiff in quite a few routes, particularly on comeback routes. Um, he just needs to do a better job of selling his eyes inside on outbreaking routes. I think his inbreaking routes are a ton better than his outbreaking routes. He has a lot to work on on those outbreaking routes. Uh, but if you want him on a post, a dig, or a slant, uh, he's your guy. Courtney Davis can do all of that, and that is perfect for what the Chargers want. They don't need another guy that can go get a comeback route or an outbreaking route. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen do those fine. They need somebody who can get catch it on the inside or deep on a deep post or a streak that can uh, that can take it to the house. And I think uh, I think Courtney Davis is going to uh, sneak into those low four four speeds, which is going to rise up the, that draft stock quite a bit. Uh, because he is he is fast and um, i'm surprised we don't see him more in day two day two like early day two than we do already yeah i'm a big fan of davis as well um
3: and this brings up another point like all of these guys could do a you know, i think receiver is probably the position that most that is most helped by a strong performance at the combine you know i think quarterback going to the combine you know, there's not a whole lot that you can tell based off of film you kind of know already what they are and who they're gonna be um but if a receiver like um Courtney Davis comes out and runs a 4-4. That's going to do a lot for his draft stock. Um, He kind of has Odell upside to me because of his quick feet, and I think that's kind of how Odell makes a living based off of slants and posts and things like that. So he'll be one person that's uh, interesting to watch at the Combine. So moving on to the sixth round, my guy that I want to highlight is Devin DuVernay out of Texas. Um, If you look at him and you watch them play, he kind of looks like a running back a little bit because he's just really thick and he has really strong legs. And he's pretty short. He's 5'11", 210 pounds. Um, The good thing with Devin Duvernay that you get is speed. Um, He has a strong track background, and he's another guy that with a strong performance at the combine could rise up draft boards. I think sixth round is probably where I would take him personally just because he's not very well-rounded as a route runner. Like intermediate-wise, there's not a whole lot that he does. It's more of get him in space in the screen game, send him vertical, deep post kind of things, and, and that's where he'll excel. Um, he is good at the point of attack with, um, with his catch radius. He does have a surprisingly large catch radius, but mostly he's an athlete. He I think he probably is a slot guy going forward, but you know, I think he's an athlete in space and he is,
2: he's got great speed. Yeah. I think a lot of people were expecting his stock to rise after the senior bowl, but some drop issues on day one kind of, uh, kept that from moving forward. So my day six or sorry, not day six, my round six guy is going to be Lynn Bowden. And Lynn Bowden was a guy that moved to quarterback this year. Actually he played a lot of quarterback and, um, he excelled at it. He showed a lot of speed and he showed a lot of smarts. And he has claimed that moving to quarterback should help his stock rise. I don't know about that, but there is something to be said about a receiver moving to quarterback and being able to perform as that, that read option. He even delivered some throws, uh, a very electric player in general. He's going to, he's going to make some interesting things happening at the next level. I don't know if it's going to work out per se, but he's got this, this gadget player vibe around him. And I actually think that my seventh round guy is going to be better than him, but Lynn Bowden definitely has that speed to him that the chargers could use. Uh, Sixth, seventh round is definitely where he's going to be taken if not undrafted, but uh, he's, he's a very smart receiver. He knows where he needs to be and he knows when to when to really stretch the field and um, he's going to be he's going to be that that player that when an interviews when a team interviews him his stock is going to go up the team is going to fall in love with him and uh, that could see a stock rise because he is a very smart player you can tell when you turn on the tape he knows where to find those gaps in the zones uh, probably from that quarterback experience so Lynn Bowden for me is somebody I'm looking at and I think he can work out to the next level Yeah, I wouldn't mind the Chargers taking a second shot on on Bowden just because of, like you mentioned, that
3: gadget playability. You know, he could be a Cordero Patterson, Taysom Hill type player. Um, So moving on to the seventh round, my guy is going to be John Hightower out of Boise State. Um, So I turned on Boise State when I was doing some film work on their offensive tackle, Ezra Cleveland. Um, But Hightower immediately stood out to me because of his long speed. You know, he's another guy that has Tyra Williams potential, and he actually wore number 16. So I think the comparisons were kind of natural for me there. But he's 6'2", 175 pounds. So I think he does have to bulk up. Right now, I don't think that he could handle a 16-game schedule just because of his frame. Um, But he is long, and he's fast, and he's explosive. And he's another guy that returns kicks. He returns punts and kickoffs and excelled both of them at both of them and was even second team out in West for kickoff returner, which is a, a nice upside. So when you're taking a guy in the seventh round, like that's what you want is is his athletic upside, and John Hightower provides
2: that. And uh, I think he'd be a really good fit to fill the shoes of Tyrell Williams. All right, so my round seven guy is going to be Van Jefferson out of Florida. And uh, it's going to be a bit of a surprise if he lands here. I just really wanted to talk about him. I think he does have the there is a chance that he stays this long because of the production in college just wasn't there. But he had a really great senior bowl week. He was maybe one of the best route runners. And he does have some sneaky speed on him. And um, the pro comp for him from a lot of people has been Keenan Allen. I've seen it from two or three guys. And I can see it. I really can. I think Van Jefferson has a little more speed than Keenan Allen. But uh, in, in terms of his release and his route running and just his smarts, knowing where to be, you can definitely see the Keenan Allen comparisons there. And Van Jefferson really will be one of those guys. How did he fall that far? How everybody's going to be wondering how he fell that far. And um, I'm sure nobody had Terry McLaurin as a a high of a rated receiver as they did before that senior bowl week. So I'm sure Van Jefferson is flying up draft boards. And I think after the combine, it's just going to, it's going to keep rising. And it, it, I mean, he could not post the the best 40 and it could keep teams away from him but i don't i don't expect him to stay as a 7th round projection for very long i've seen quite a few uh mock drafts put him in the 7th round so i'm including him here but i fully expect him to rise up to round 4 or 5 over time yeah Van jefferson's another guy like kj hill that really is a great technician and
3: um it wouldn't surprise me to see him go in like the 5th or 4th round even all
1: right, I do have to ask about one guy, and that's Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. I'm cheating a little bit because he's not exactly projected to be a wide receiver at the next level. They say he's more of a running back, but he had 38 receptions last year, 33 carries, 11 yards per rush, 19 yards per catch and average, and I think this is important, 28 yards per kick return. I think the Chargers are looking for a guy who can do a lot of things, uh, so I don't think he would go in the seventh round, but what do you guys, what do you guys think he would go? you think he could play receiver or just
3: keep his role as a receiver running back returner or what are your thoughts on him yeah i'm really high on antonio gibson i tweeted about him a couple weeks ago um he has elite upside regardless of position i think you could put him in a role where you give him five six carries five six targets and then he makes a living as a return man um he's explosive he's shifty and he's a natural athlete but he's a really refined route runner. It was really surprising to me. You know, he's not just like a screen guy and throw a deep. He really can run some intermediate routes as well. And, you know, if the chargers added him, I would be thrilled because the name of the game with him is versatility. You never know what is going to happen with him. And if you have Austin Eckler and Antonio Gibson kind of rotating in that role as, as, as pass catching running backs, like there's not another team that would be able to have that kind of athleticism and explosiveness at the running back position. Um, as far as him as a receiver, I think he could probably play majority of the snaps at receiver. That's what he did at Memphis at the senior bowl. He did a lot of running back work to just kind of prove that he could do that too. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say that he would be a workers work horse running back,
2: but definitely he could be a guy that you give five to eight carries a game to. So I am all for mixing Antonio Gibson with uh, Austin Eckler and rotating them between receiver and running back have Austin Eckler play some slot have Gibson play some slot and uh, just have them keep rotating that would be such a dynamic duo to just keep mixing around like that it's what I wish they did with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler more and um, Melvin Gordon not nearly as good of a receiver as um, either of those two but it's still something I would like to see moving forward with uh, even Eckler and Jackson but Back to Gibson, he would just be a really good gadget player for this team. Put him in the slot, let him let him grow there. Um, I don't have his height here. Do you? Do you have a, his height? Yeah, he's six two. So yeah, if he's at six two, then he can definitely have some uh, some work in the future as a receiver. I think that's that's perfect for him. Uh, I I like him a lot more as a receiver than I do as a running back because I think that ball carrier vision in between the tackles needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his talent bails him out a lot. But the, the vision and reading where to go is not very good And uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Once he gets into open space, it's a lot better. Yeah, I think he, he definitely has more upside as a receiver slash gadget player than a running back. But,
3: you know, you give him some sweeps, give him some off the edges, running uh, running touches just to kind of mix it up. And I think that would be uh, a really versatile aspect of that. The Chargers haven't really had in a long time, probably since Darren Sproles. Um I'm not necessarily saying that he's darren sproles because darren sproles is you know he's made such a, a long career but yeah you know, the type of role that he could have is comparable for sure it's about darren sproles is also about a foot shorter yeah and he's number one in our hearts so
1: how early do you think the Chargers would even be looking for a receiver at this point i mean i know they, they could take one at six and they'd have a great one but realistically where do you think they're taking one
2: I think it's realistic that they could take one at six. I don't think it's going to really, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it should happen, but, uh, I, I do think it's a possibility that you look at somebody like Judy who is going to be available at six should, unless somebody like the lions takes him or the dolphins maybe wait a year for a quarterback and take him. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Judy is going to be available at six and that is going to be hard to pass up because there is, there are not a lot of receivers like Jerry Judy out there at all. And, um, I think the only thing that's going to keep them away from that is, well, the only things is one, they need a quarterback. Two, they need an offensive lineman. And three, they do not want to be stuck paying three receivers that much money.
3: Yeah. I think realistically, I mean, we know Tom Telesco values high graded players. And if he has a first round grade on Brandon Ayuk or Jalen Rigor, like I could see them realistically taking a shot on one in the second round. That's really where it gets interesting. You know, this draft class is, is deep at two spots, at receiver and at tackle. So, you know, you can kind of flip-flop the second and third rounds, I think. You know, they're either going rag- to grab one tackle in the second and probably a receiver in the third or vice
2: versa. So, you, know, you can't go wrong, really, with taking a receiver in the second round. Yeah, I mean, second round is probably where I would take one because I do like Isaiah Wilson a lot in the third. Um, one thing to even consider is they could trade up if, Ruggs far, if Ruggs, sorry falls far enough in the draft. He could be taken at the, the the back end of the first round, and maybe the Chargers trade back up into the first for that. Maybe send a fourth round pick off, and uh, then just continue with the plan to take a Prince Tega or a Isaiah Wilson in the third round.
1: All right, that's it for today's
2: podcast. Thanks for listening, Stephen
1: and Jason. Can you guys let listeners know where to find you?
2: Yeah, my personal Twitter is Stephen I Haglund, and then I also uh, handle the podcast Twitter account, which is GAC Podcast Seventeen. And then you can find me at Centauri Thirteen on Twitter, and um, bring us bring us your opinions onto Twitter. Um, add us what you think, or comment below when we post our podcast. Let us know how you um, what receivers you like, how you feel about our rankings, how you feel about how we f- think these receivers will play out. Uh, just communicate with us, interact with us on Twitter. We'll do our best to respond to all comments. Um, just let us know which receivers you really like. If we left anybody out, please please let us know. I'm Tyler at Tyler J. Shoon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Friday.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears.